As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. All right. Welcome to the Daily Dig. We are live here on the Athletic NBA Show YouTube channel. I'm Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mark Schindler. We have Andrew Schlecht, our Thunder guy at the Athletic, producing the show. He is going to join us here for the Thunder winning, I'm calling it, a playoff game. They beat the Pelicans 123 to 118. They're heading to the second playing game against Minnesota on Friday. So, Mark, let's start with you. Uh, is Lou Dort the best player of all time, or is Josh Giddy the best player of all time? It felt like Lou Dort for large portions of the game. His defense was was awesome tonight. Uh, like Brandon Ingram had a, a fantastic game, but Lou was just stapled to him, uh, and I think that was a big part of uh, them struggling to get the ball up late in the game uh, and on that final possession with what ended up being a turnover, but. The, the way that he attacked the basket tonight was just nutty. Like he was absolutely relentless. He always has that, but he had a, he had a special ferocity tonight the way he got to the rim. That ended up with eight trips to the foul line. Yes, yeah, so Shea had 32. Josh Giddy had 31. They both went 11 for 22 from the field. Dort had 27. He had 20 in the first half. Didn't do as much in the second half. But these guys got to the rim over and over and over again. It was, which was ironic because like, the, the Thunder are the small team. Pelicans are a big team. They had Valanchunas out there. They had Jackson Hayes out there. They have length with like Trey, uh, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram. And yet it felt like the Thunder were the ones controlling the paint. Yeah, no, most definitely. Like, like exactly like you mentioned, even with uh, the Pels out rebounding them, it wasn't by much. It didn't feel like it was enough to really counter how OKC was able to keep driving. Because like on top of what, what Lou was bringing, it felt like Lou was often the kind of you know, first player attacking off the catch, but it was everybody out there was able to just keep driving and dishing. And, and to, to, to the Pelicans' credit, I thought that they slid really well. I thought they're, especially in the second half, I thought their defense uh, was extremely locked in and looked really good. But when you have that many guys who can all just keep moving themselves and moving the ball, it's really yeah. hard to contain for that long. Yeah, all right. Uh, we got comments coming in here. Uh, if you're on the YouTube stream, 
leave us comments, ask us questions. We're going to try to tap into those after we're done taping our quick ding. We're actually going to stick around and answer more questions. So let's hear from you guys. I want to hear your take on whether Josh Giddy or Shea is probably better than LeBron James. But to give me that take, we have Andrew Sleck coming on here. Andrew, one, is my audio coming through? Clearly now I turned up the level a little bit. And two, what is it? What does it feel like to watch this young Thunder team, who's I think average age is fourteen years old, actually win a technically <laughs> playoff game? Uh, yeah, I mean it was incredible. I mean the way that Josh Giddy stepped up tonight was pretty astounding. Twenty years old, he almost had a thirty-one point triple double. Uh, he wasn't afraid of the moment. And then I think something that will go a little under the radar is the way that the other Jalen Williams played. Uh, Wait, which one's the other Jalen Williams? The the big one. (laughs) The big Jalen Williams from Arkansas. He had eight points, eight boards, and eight assists in this game. And I think that's going to go so far under the radar uh, that people are just going to forget because obviously Shea was incredible in that second half. He only had seven points in the first half. The Pelicans did such a good job on Shea throughout the entire first half, and then he turned it on in that third quarter and was pretty unstoppable the rest of the way. Uh, Giddy remained aggressive throughout the game, but uh, Jay Will provided some some steady defense and some good passing out of that big position. I mean, it really it took a group effort. They didn't get a whole lot from the bench, but man, that that rookie Jay Will to me really stepped up in this one. Um, he's going to go under the radar, but really, who shined was Josh Giddy on this stage. I mean, I don't think many people were expecting that. I think a lot of people were expecting Shea to be really good. But this is this is actually Josh Giddy's only – this is his second 30-point game in his career. And he did it on the play-in stage. So pretty impressive. Yeah, Giddy was able to just kind of force his way through the paint a lot of the times where it, like, didn't see – it seemed like he wasn't – like, he didn't attack with momentum and balance. And, like, it seemed like he was going nowhere and he would just keep muscling his way fight to get a layup off and then just like crash to the ground. It seemed like people were hitting the deck like every possession for the fourth quarter there yeah. for a little while. Yeah, this this was such a well-played game from both sides. I thought for the most part, tactically, really take out the Jackson Hayes uh, initiation of the offense at the end of the game. I thought both teams played so well. I thought defensively, they were both totally engaged, locked in. Uh, this felt a little bit like the opposite of the Lakers game last night where you just kind of have your your hands over your face for <laughs> half of that fourth quarter. And in this game, you were like, I mean, I was fully engaged in this one. Like This was such a fun basketball game, and you didn't really know who was going to win up until like the last minute of the game. And like this is, this is why the play-in works. I mean, the NBA has to be absolutely ecstatic with how this game went because this was – this is about as fun as it gets for the NBA play-in. Yeah, I just want to say, too, I feel like uh, we skirted over it almost. Like, Shea was unreal tonight. Yeah. Like, I thought he was the best player on the court, and and that's well noting Brandon Ingram was awesome. Like, Brandon Ingram was legitimately incredible tonight, but Shea was just – like, he was really good all game, but that second half, especially in the fourth quarter, he had a couple buckets on Herb Jones where, like, I don't think that anybody could have played that better. It was just – Shea's just that guy with what he can do. Um, I I was I mean I just continue to be incredibly impressed with what he's done this year, um, and adding that to his hat tonight. Uh, I'm I'm excited for for a real playoff series from Shea. 
obviously I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. There's another game there, but man, his slitheriness is just at another level <laughs> in this game. Yeah, that third quarter, by the way, I'm turning up my levels again. Let me know if you guys can hear me clearly. The software. Oh, yeah, that's seemed, better. There we that's go. That's better. Okay. I think it was a software issue. That's why. Uh, so uh, that third quarter from Shea, that was exciting because first half he's held to seven points. First time he's or that's the lowest that he's been held to in the first half in the entire season has his worst first half of the entire season that comes back out there. And he had was at 16 in the third quarter and every single play yeah. it was just him just like as you're saying, slithering his way through the entire defense, Mark. Yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, he had a couple of really good looks in transition, too. That was part of, like, like Andrew was men mentioning with the chess battle, part of it was, you know, JV gets the ankle injury, which ends up keeping him out yeah. late. But um, they were really struggling. If they did not – if they missed something at the rim, they were getting killed for it in transition. Like, yeah. OKC did such a good job pushing the ball right on the break. Um, and it felt like those were half of Shea's buckets in that third quarter. Yeah, that was actually a big moment where Valanciunas went out because he yeah. he was a problem for the Thunder all night. He he played 30 minutes. He had 16 and 18, and it was just killing them on the boards. The Thunder actually corrected that pretty quickly because he started out the game. He had six quick points, and they were all on putbacks. And you just thought, oh boy. Like this is going to be a long night for the Thunder if they can't keep him off the boards. And they went into a zone, and when they switched to a zone, that kind of shut that off a little bit, and it helped the Thunder gain a little bit of ground. But yeah, uh, I feel for Valanciunas because he was having a great game, and then when he went out with that ankle injury, it it helped turn the tide a little bit because for some weird reason, the Pelicans decided to run their offense through Jackson Hayes. What the hell like, was that? That is still just that is still just the most mind-boggling decision because he he holds the ball for way too long. He basically just kills the flow of the possession for them. And the Thunder capitalized. I mean, that that to me was probably the only bad decision that was made coaching-wise all night between Willie Green and Mark Degnall. It was funny. After the game ended, we're, uh, we were looking through Pelican's Twitter thinking like, you know what, maybe from our national perspective, we're not seeing the nuance of why they would do that. There's got to be some sort of rationale. Then all the reactions were like, what the hell were they thinking doing that? It was absolutely insane. But... All right, we got to look ahead very quickly to Friday night. They go to Minnesota. Uh, I want to pull up a very important comment here. Chet Holmgren may be making his return in his hometown. <laughs> uh, that's from my guy, Zach. I know Zach. Uh, Zach that is wishful thinking, my man. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought that was breaking news since I saw the winky emoji. But uh, okay, yeah. we'll start with Mark. We'll finish with Andrew. Uh, who is winning that game Friday night? Man, I, I, I'm going to take the Thunder personally. Uh, I do not have any faith in this Wolves team right now with, with how they have looked over the last couple of weeks, obviously the turmoil that they're dealing with. And without having J-Mac, like, I really question how they're going to try and contain some of these drives because I think the Pels had a lot more of the bodies that you need to contain what OKC was doing tonight. And if OKC – Decides to to play with – I mean, if they get Jalen Williams like this again, uh, Jalen with an I, Big J, who was uh, – as as Andrew mentioned, he was awesome tonight. Like, he was 1 of 7 from deep. But I thought the 1 of 7 from deep was so crucial in, in opening up the late game stuff. Like, mm -hmm. he had a few drives where they just – it made it just enough where it was like, okay. He had the it's hook. It's really hard. He had like that yeah. old school I mean, hook. Obviously the hook. But even it wasn't even just that. Like I mean, he had a couple drives, just like yeah. attacking, attacking baseline. You know, attacking into the slot. It was like, okay, well, our center can't close out to that and keep up. And um, knowing Rudy's tendency to overplay on the corner sometimes, 
I think there's a real chance for that to be interesting. So I would take OKC right now. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Yeah, I think you have to favor the Thunder going into that game. Just with all the turmoil that has gone on in Minnesota over this past week, uh, it's going to be tough. And Herb Jones is a is about the best defender that you can throw on Shea. They, they struggled just to get Shea the basketball all night. The question is, like, do the Timberwolves have that same kind of energy on the wing to throw at him? I'm not sure that they do. And if Shea can shake loose... And go for 40, I think it's going to be really tough. We, we've already seen the way that Josh Giddy has stepped up in a big game. Um, I think this is going to, this, these games are about mental toughness. And tonight, the Pelicans and the Thunder showed a ton of mental toughness. I don't think that this shows weakness on the Pelicans' part at all. You know, the Pelicans are down a lot of players. You know, they didn't have Jose Alvarado, who is one of like their, their biggest guys when it comes to mental toughness. And so you don't even have him out there on the court. Um, I give them a ton of credit, man. The Pelicans were just a couple shots from this being theirs and them going to Minnesota. So both teams played so well, but I, I think you have to give just the edge to the Thunder going into this one with just how well they played. And then like the, the last time that we saw the Timberwolves left a pretty bad taste in my mouth was as far as what Dave DeFore says in the chat, vibes. Like the vibes are not there with Minnesota. The vibes are are firmly there. With OKC, so uh, I think you have to look uh, at OKC in that one. And listen, this is a vibes-based league. Everybody knows that. It's not about skill. It's all about vibes. All right, well, this show is supposed to be 12 minutes long. We've already done that on the first game, but screw it. We're we're fucking, we'll do it live. So moving on to the Bulls beating the Raptors. That's right. Both 10 seeds won. First time, but we got 10 seeds winning. And uh, this was a massive comeback, 19-point comeback. Thanks to Zach Levine who, Mark, he had 39 points, and almost all of them came in the second half. Yeah, this was an awesome game from him, uh, exactly like you mentioned. Uh, uh, getting to the line 15 times, a lot of that was, uh, as much as the Raptors were, fan- I mean, I thought the, the Raptors' defense looked the best that it had looked in a while um, in that first half. In the second half, it just went kaput. Like, Zach put a dent in it. They didn't really have an answer for stopping him. And they were just kind of screwed from there because a lot of it was just Zach. Like it wasn't even pick and roll. It was just he he straight up blew by his guy a couple of times. Um, the explosiveness in his first step was like fully there along with his lift at the rim tonight. And combine that with some some shot making, uh, you know, inside and outside the arc. And uh, it was just it was a fun game for him. And I got to give a shout out to his defense as well. Like 
he's had a really solid defensive season compared to what past years have been for him. And I thought tonight, especially like he took on the Siakam assignment a few times and, and looked pretty good. And um, overall, just a huge game from him. And he really needed a signature game like that in a, in a quote unquote bigger game. Obviously, you know, playing nine, ten in the play is a little different, but still, I think that was a really big game from him. And it helped because of the team they were playing. I want to quote uh, noted basketball scholar Patrick Beverly. Uh, I knew they were fucking trash. <laughs> That's what he was quoted saying, walking past Bobby Webster, the Raptors GM, as he was heading back to the locker room after the game. And uh, I mean, Pascal Siakam was not. Fred Van Vliet, great shooting night, good passing night, terrible inside the arc, though. He went one for nine inside the arc. Um, and then Scotty Barnes apparently is going to be the next Magic Johnson, according to Mark Jones. He, he said that one multiple times. Uh you know, this Raptors team never figured it out the entire year. And now, you know, I think Woj said before the game that Nick Nurse and Masai Ujiri might work out a return or he might be the Rockets coach next year. We'll see what happens there. But why do you think the Raptors just never got it together fully at the end of this game while the Bulls were just able to attack in isolation and get to the rack every single time? Yeah, uh, I think they they really struggled uh, to put together an offensive lineup that was working for them. Um, like they they tried Gary Trent Jr. a couple times, and this was one of those games where it really sh- sucked for the Raptors that it was not one of the good Gary Trent games because he missed like three or four just completely wide open threes, including one late, like wide open in the corner was supposed to be an X out from Demar. He doesn't do it, and he just bricks it and. That, not to be overly harsh when it happens, but like that was that was rough. They really needed that. And I think uh, the Bulls were just able to make enough happen in that second half, um, playing the pat not not even the passing lanes, just playing in the gaps a little bit more tightly because Pascal killed them on drives early on in the game. Like he was so dynamic, uh, getting into the paint, just getting to his spots. And I think he still had that in the second half, but they, they were still defending it the same. He didn't make the same amount of shots wasn't getting to the rim as easily. Um, and those kickouts didn't hit the same. Like they just did not shoot nearly as well in the second half and um, sold out and it worked pretty well. Can we talk about the big star of this game, Mark? DR DeRozan, the nine-year-old in the stands, just wailing out there like prime LeBron. She brought it. Holy shit, that scared the crap out of you with that. <laughs> I was not ready for that either. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, she was – She was. Uh, she she was something, man. I, I think I first became aware of her in the game with about two minutes left in the first quarter. And I was like, what is that screaming? Like, what is like who is doing that? Like, that is incredibly loud. And I was like, that has to be somebody baseline with getting caught by uh, you know, caught by the um by by the baseline mic like that. Cause normally you're not gonna hear a scream quite that loud. Um and finally, you know, as it kept going on throughout the game, we got more and more info, and finally they, you know. Cameras panning to every 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 dead ball. We're like, all right, well, there's Dr. DeRozan. She's getting ready to scream again, and uh, it legitimately felt like it. It was like the sixth man uh, for the Bulls in this game. The Raptors, uh, the, I mean, yeah, the Raptors were awful from the line. Eighteen to thirty-six. I believe that was their worst game from the line all season. Uh, if I have the stats on that right, and that was killer, man. Like, like no shit, it was killer, but like. I, I don't know. De- DeMar got Toronto back again. All right. So the Bulls are heading to Miami. They're facing the apparently the worst defensive rebounding team in the history of the sport. They got Alex Caruso to guard DeMar, uh, to guard Jimmy Butler. 
They got Pat Beverly. I mean, they got a couple guys that match up here. Who's winning this game? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think I- I'm going to lean the Bulls here. I think the Bulls have played Miami fairly well this, this uh, just all season in general. Um, I don't really feel, you mentioned vibes. I don't really feel great about the vibes for either team uh, based on how things are at right now. I mean, Miami just got picked apart by Atlanta. Um, so I will go with the Bulls here. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, really excited for the Bulls to only have to drive about an hour to get swept by the Bucks, And we will be there to cover it all here on the Daily Ding. Thank you to everyone who joined us live. For Andrew Schlecht and Mark Schindler, this is Jared Weiss. Hit me one more time with that scream. Oh, the sweet, beautiful sounds of D.R. DeRozan. That's it for the Daily Dig. We'll see you on Friday night. Ding, ding. Oh, ding, ding, (laughs) y'all. I didn't think about it. It's my camera.